Bonjour and welcome to another episode of Street Focus, an ongoing exploration of urban photography. I'm your host, Valérie Jardin. Today is a new Q&A and Street Challenge episode, and I'm happy to have my good friend and the one and only out of Chicago guy, Chris Smith, on the show. And after answering a few listener questions, we will give the names of the winners of the last Street Challenge and announce a new one before giving our picks of the week. Hey, Chris, what's happening in Chicago? Oh, not much. Uh, thank you very much for having me on the show, Valerie. Hey, well, I missed you when I was in Chicago a couple of weeks ago, so I have to I have know. you on the show to, to talk to you. <laughs> I know. I had to like, yeah, I don't know, put the kids to bed or something. Yeah, I maybe think it was your speaking, day job. The day job yeah, got in the way or that something. That thing, too. <laughs> For sure. Uh, but I did see you in New York at Photo Plus. So yeah, that was great. That uh-huh. was fun. And so, uh, so what's uh, what are you gearing up for? Oh, my goodness. We are like totally geared up. We are trying to do all these new conferences. It's a little out of control. I mean, we are um, doing the third year of the Out of Chicago Conference, and you were there last year and it was mm-hmm. wonderful. And we're doing it again this year in Chicago at the end of June. And uh, we are trying. This may be a terrible idea. I, I shouldn't ever say that out loud, but um, we are going to do another one. And it's going to be in New York City in October. So we are super excited about both of those. And we really hope you'll come to New York as well. I think you're going to be there. Yeah. So, I'll, yeah. I'll def- I'm planning to. I saved the dates and I'll definitely be in Chicago. It was a blast. And you know what? We should put that uh, little video on the show notes if oh, people yeah? want to uh-huh. see because that, that really was, it was well done. And uh, that's totally how it felt. It was just so much energy and it was, it was small enough that you got to meet so many people. And uh, it was awesome. I just had a blast. And so I I had a blast presenting. And I know a lot of people who were, um, you know, who came as participants who had a blast too. Because they love you. So they came. It was great. Uh (laughs) It was really, really fun. So, uh, so Chicago. So what are the dates for Chicago? So Chicago is June 24th through the 26th. That's a Friday night, Saturday, and Sunday. And we're going to do pre-conference workshops on Thursday and Friday as well. And then New York is going to be October 14th and 15th. And we're going to do like post-conference workshops for those. You're going to go out on the street and shoot all day with one photographer on uh, the Sunday and the Monday following the two days of the conference. That's pretty awesome. And I know for Chicago, uh, Frederick Van Johnson is coming, right? That's right. We've got Frederick coming. Uh, we have uh, Rob Knight is coming. He's another uh, uh-huh. TWIP guy. And um, but we have like Rick Salmon, Brian Peterson. Uh, we have Murray Lane Yo will be there. Mm-hmm. Um, Derek Story, Molly Porter. I'm trying to think of all the street photographers. And another guy from Chicago, I don't know if you know, Satoki Nagata. He will be teaching as well. Okay. And um, it's not just street photography. It's architecture. It's it's landscape. I mean, you it's it covers it all. We do. Yeah. I mean, we did a lot of just city photography the first year and people are like, well, I kind of wanted to learn about shooting birds. I was like, all right. Well, so we had bird photographers, we had landscape photographers, we had Mike Motes, a macro photographer. So it's a little bit of everything. But what I love so much about that, and I should probably send you um, your evaluations from last year. Oh, I forgot we're recording a podcast. We shouldn't talk about that. But uh, <laughs> I hope they were all good. <laughs> they were wonderful. They were absolutely wonderful. But my favorite part about it is these photographers that I know in Chicago and they shoot the city and they shoot 
buildings and they and other photographers that shoot birds and, and there are things on your evaluations where I've never done street photography but I am that's what I want to do now oh, cool. so there's so many different people that are there and they're seeing new things that's what I love so much yeah, yeah it was it was fun so registration is open and, and we'll put all the links in the show notes uh, for sure so that people can check it out it's uh, it's fun and I'm, I'm really really looking forward to it again me too yeah and i'm cool. so happy that you're coming so yeah that'll be, be that'll be fun and so well let's just jump into the q a segment right away and uh, so chris is not is not just a street photographer he does street photography sometimes yeah he's he's you still in honest, the it's fine he's uh, yeah. he's still in uh in the the, the learning process oh, of it. Yes. but um he's a he's an awesome awesome architecture photographer architectural photographer and so that's your thing it's cityscapes and details in architecture right that's right yeah mm-hmm. but but kind of like i said with the conference like i, sh- I like shooting a lot of different things like yeah. i went to the mississippi river and shot the bald eagles i, I just really enjoyed doing you know having fun shooting different things yeah sure. and mm-hmm. i think it's great i don't think we should limit ourselves or whatever makes us happy and uh and it's all fun Yeah, I understand when people say, you know, if you want to um, if you want to make a living from it, you want to specialize. I get that, but Mm -hmm. I don't. So (laughs) so I just feel what I like. That's right. And you organize a conference. So you need to kind of dabble into a lot of different things, too. Yeah. Um, So that that makes it so much fun because like I wasn't doing street photography, but then I met Marie Lane. and she's like, well, would you like me to take you out shooting? It's like, oh, my goodness, I'd love to. And then I got great shots with her. So, yeah, I love it. That's right. Yeah. So cool. So first question question which is actually not related to street photography only but pretty general uh came from levi shand in the google plus street focus community and he asked do you print your work chris do you print your work oh my goodness so i do and i don't you know i do for certain things like i have a lot of my images downtown and like office buildings and i also have printed it for a lot of the like camera club competitions in the area and i do think that makes you a lot better photographer but in general i i really don't enjoy printing and i also think that the people that say you haven't made a photograph until you've printed it like i understand you've got something special when you can hold it in your hands But I also think that you have something special when you can share it online to everyone else and you can do it instantly. I think that's very powerful in itself. So I don't think that printing is always absolutely necessary. No. And the thing is, I don't I don't print either because I'm afraid I'm not very patient and I'm afraid I'm not going to do it right. And I kind of I trust some people. That's what that's all they do (laughs) to do that for me. Uh, Where do you get your work printed when you don't do it yourself? So I send it to like WHCC. Yeah, and same here. Yeah, and the, yeah, they're up by you, right? Aren't oh they? yeah, I've actually had the chance to uh, to visit the labs because it's not open to the public. Oh, um, it's just uh, special you people can't, like you. Yeah, it, you, well, you can't just go in there and then pick up your prints. It's all shipped, and by far the place that has. I mean, they go overboard with the shipping and the boxes and everything. But I mean, seriously, a truck <laughs> could run over. Uh-huh. Yeah. And they give you a lollipop in the box, too. Right. Uh-huh. <laughs> but a, a truck could go over your package. Your print would not be hurt. It seriously. Enough, yeah. And so and I like that because my, my mailman has actually literally folded prints before. Uh, instead of coming to the door, he's managed to cram them into my mailbox when they were not protected properly. <laughs> right, that's why right. I that's why I went to WHCC, and now that's the only place where I'll print my work because it actually comes in a cardboard 
box and then it's wrapped into I mean it's not very environmentally friendly but I guess it's cardboard so it's recycled but wow it just uh I never had problem with with uh with bent prints or anything and uh, or it comes it doesn't even come in a tube well I've never really yeah I guess if it's really really big I've had some tubes before but usually it comes in a huge cardboard box right uh and uh it's and they do such a great job it's free shipping if you order more than i don't know 20 bucks which you know goes pretty fast but their 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 rates are amazing and they ship the same day if you order in the morning it's shipped that night and you get it uh, well for me it, i get it the next day because they're right outside of minneapolis where they have several offices but one of their their main headquarters is is right here so it's whcc and after going to the location uh i was so impressed and then you see work on the walls from at the biggest names in photography all over the world uh it's quite impressive i mean it's just uh it's it's great i mean i know there are a lot of great printers out there but that's where i go so yeah, me too i love it i mean it's in chicago here it's not the next morning but it's the next morning after that every yeah. time and it's in my door and uh super and that's reliable. all to it super yeah. easy mm-hmm. yeah great great quality control so uh but if you if you want to print your work and um and you want to do it right, I would do- totally uh, suggest checking out Martin Bailey's book about printing. Um, he's the he's the guy, you know, he's uh, he's he's written. a. I can't remember the name, the exact name of the book. But um, if you check Martin Bailey photography, you'll find links to the books um, to the book. And one of them is all about printing and how to do it right. So, um yeah, he, I'm not, he has more patience than us, doesn't yeah, he? Yeah, he does. <laughs> and I'm not, I'm really not planning on on starting to do that anytime soon. First, I'd have to invest in a, a really good printer, which I don't have. And then, um, and it gets expensive. I mean, I really do think you do it because you love it. You don't do it to save money because I think it's more expensive to do it yourself than to have it done. Absolutely. It's like razors. You know, you, you buy the printer and you're like, that wasn't that expensive. And then every two weeks you're going out and buying new ink. You're like, yeah. oh, my goodness. Yeah, it's so, cheaper yeah. to buy a new printer with the ink that comes with it than buying the yes. ink. <laughs> ink. Exactly. Yeah, Martin yeah. Bailey's book, I'm seeing it here. That's right. It's making the print on uh, uh, Craft and Vision. On so, Craft yeah. and Vision. That's right. Yeah. So uh, that's a good, good, uh, good resource if you want to learn how to do it right. And if someday I do, I decide to do it, I will read the book. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and you know, uh, Derek's story does a lot of this as well. And actually, does that's it? one of the things he'll be teaching this summer. I shouldn't keep advertising that. That's one that's of the things right. he's going to come and teach uh, this summer in Chicago. Oh, so cool. Be exciting. I'll be great to see Derek. Yeah. Awesome. So, Levi, I hope this answers your question. We're not, uh, we're not really, uh, well, it was quite of a quick answer because we don't print really uh, extensively, but at least we have some good suggestions. Absolutely. So can I read read the next question? Yeah, go ahead. All right. So I love this one because it's kind of the exact same question I would ask you, Valerie. So are you ready? This is from Kimberly Britt Saros on the Facebook group. And she asks, my question is about balancing trying to be stealth on the street and not disturb a scene with being honest about what I'm doing. Maybe I'm going about it wrong, but trying to be invisible feels like I'm trying to be sneaky. I know I'm not doing anything wrong, but I also want to follow your advice to make it a good experience for the subject so as not to make it difficult for the next photographer they may encounter on the street. Can you discuss it? Uh, Sure. Um, It's not about being sneaky. It's about not disturbing the scene. And I think a lot of people think that 
we have those quiet cameras and we use smaller cameras just to be sneaky. And it's not. It's actually those are tools that help us be invisible. And the reason why we want to be invisible is we don't want we see something special and we don't want it to change. And if people notice you, of course, they're going to stop whatever they're doing and then you lose you you miss the shot so it's really about about remaining invisible and i don't feel sneaky unless i mean of course if you if you stumble upon a drug deal or something <laughs> illegal or uh yeah or somebody doing something embarrassing they may you know i I respect my my subject. I don't photograph people, and people probably are tired of hearing me say that people in embarrassing or vulnerable situations. I'm I'm not out to photograph um, anything sensational. You know, I'm I I photograph a slice of life. I photograph something special, and um, and I want it to be intact. Now, if people notice me after I take the shot. That's totally fine. I don't mind. I don't mind telling them what I'm doing. I'm not doing anything wrong. And I'll, I'll explain why if I, I th- thought this was special, what they were doing was special or, and I'll share with them. But um, I think she's, she's right. I think you have to be respectful for two things because it reflects on who you are and also to not make it harder for the next street photographer that's going to come after you because this is becoming quite popular. And if you're too, and if you invade people's space and you're too much in their face, well, they could be really turned off and, and, um, and they'll have a pretty negative reaction the next time, you know, a street photographer wants to photograph them. And that gives our genre of photography kind of a bad name. Don't you think? I, I do. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I think that's tough all around. Uh, I just always feel that even, even if I just get a look from somebody, I'm like, Oh, I wish I hadn't, you know, done yeah. that. you know, I just, that, that's what makes it hard for me. And I don't know. I, I hear so many street photographers, like, especially on your show. And they talk about like Marie was talking about uh, not too long ago, you know, eventually you'll learn to be really, you know, have no problem with it. And I don't know. I just don't want to do that sometimes. So I also think that it's fine to, to do street photography and not do it the traditional way that you can stand further back, that you can get mm-hmm. more shots that are more of a, a silhouette mm-hmm. that are, you know, that, that are not necessarily even trying to capture a person's expression every time, you know, just the human body and the movement of it. If it's a shadow or something like that, that can be all it takes and no one would ever know that you got the oh, shot. Exactly. I mean, to me there, are, and that's, that's what I teach. There are several ways to approach street photography and you can choose one, or you can choose all of them. I mean, you can do street portraits. And you look at Levi um, Levi Sim, that's pretty much all he does is street portraits. He rarely shoots candid moments. Uh, you can you can find a great backdrop and then wait for, you know, something to happen. You can do more of a minimalist approach and incorporate the human element in the urban landscape, which I think you'd be more drawn to because you're so in tune with the architecture. Yeah. And you can... Uh, or you can be right in people's space. I like to deal to do a little bit of everything, but but for some people, you know, a certain a certain way of shooting street will fit with their personality better. And for me, it's not about crowds. It's not about being super close to people. Um, I don't I don't enjoy that, and I don't want to be in, invading their their personal space so much. I mean, I get close, but if I get close. Usually people won't notice me. 
So it's so, not to get a reaction so much. So here's another question for you. How often, what percentage of the time are you actually just shooting from the hip? Well, I never bring the camera to my eye. Um, right. I then used you- I used to when I had uh, a DSLR and that didn't bother me. Now I don't I don't have to and I bring I, I usually shoot more of at uh, chest level or a little bit lower. I don't bring it I not at hip level, but um yeah, I don't I don't because then I don't bring so much attention to me. Exactly. I mean, I had listened to uh, all of your podcasts and I had, um, you know, I would read your articles online and everything. And it wasn't until I actually went and shot with you. that I'm like, wait a minute, she didn't take a picture. And you came over, you're like, look what I got. It's like, wait, you weren't even taking a picture. Are you kidding? (laughs) So it's so crazy to get out and actually shoot with these street photographers and see how they really do it. It's it's stuff that you can't see any other way. So if you guys haven't been on a a workshop with Valerie, you got to go. You got to do it. (laughs) Thank (laughs) you. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it, that, and that's that's the good part is, uh, you know, we don't have to bring the camera to our eye anymore. I mean, fine if that's if you're better at composing that way. I, I mean, I never thought that I would ever use live view on a camera until I switched from my 5D Mark II to the X100S, and I never looked through the viewfinder. I've always used the. I mean, we have this big screen in the back. Why not use it, right? right. Absolutely. Yeah. But what's funny is that every street photographer is different. And so you do it that way. But other, I mean, I went and shot with Marie and she was so different. She's always got her camera up to her eye. Mm -hmm. And what I was surprised about is that we would be walking down the sidewalk and someone would be walking right at us and she would shoot straight ahead, but she's got a wider angle lens, like Mm -hmm. a, you know, 35 millimeter equivalent, but she's, she looks like she's shooting straight ahead. And the people walking the street are like, well, that's kind of strange, but they're actually in her frame. And if you look at lots of her shots, the people are always off to the side, but then when she takes the camera away, she just looks like she's looking way down the street and Mm -hmm. people are like, okay, no big deal. And I couldn't believe it. And there are many ways to, to, um, you know, make it look like you're not photographing people. You can pretend like you're photographing on the other, you know, behind them or, um, and that's when, and then pretend you're actually reviewing your pictures on the back of the camera. That's when you're actually <laughs> right. taking the shot. So, uh, you know, and, and really that's the thing. And I want to, um, emphasize that it's not to be sneaky. It's to not disturb the scene. Um, because, um, because then it's then what's the point? You know, if people notice, it's like people ask me, oh, did you ask permission before you took a, that picture? I'm like, well, no, because then there would be no picture. You know, uh-huh. it would completely ruin the moment. And but I have no problem talking with people if they approach me and say, oh, did you just take my picture? I'm like, well, sure, I did. Look, it's wonderful. What a great what a great moment, you know. And um, and sometimes I mean, they're usually flattered, uh, surprised. But they're very rarely uh, have anything negative to say. So it's all about, you know, giving, you're not doing anything wrong. So don't look like you are. That's the, that's That's the big problem with a lot of uh, young, uh, not young necessarily, but new street photographers is that they're so nervous that they look nervous and then they get busted and they're like, (gasps) even more nervous. Yeah. Yeah. And it looks a little creepy. (laughs) Yes. uh, That's me. (laughs) Yeah. We need to go out and shoot together again. Yeah, for sure. Get you over that, uh, that fear. (laughs) Okay. Uh, we have time for another question. This one came from David E on the Google Plus um, 
Street Focus community, and he said, he asked, how do you decide to keep things in color or convert to black and white? And we've talked about that on the show, but it's always good to get other other input. So for you, whether you're doing street photography or landscape photography, how do you decide, Chris? Oh, well, I, I do love black and white. I probably do about half and half. So I think this is a great question. Um, I think that the question's a little um, a little wrong, though, because I don't think that you decide necessarily afterward. A lot of times you do. But I think in a lot of cases, when you're shooting, you should know if you're shooting for black and white or if you're shooting for for color. Yeah. And my favorite tip is and you probably do this and say the same thing is that if you um, if you put your preview mode on your camera in black and white, shoot everything in black and white. And with our, with our cameras now, with the electronic viewfinder, are you looking on the black, back of the screen? You can see everything in black and white and see what it'll look like that way. But then when you get it back to your computer, as long as you are shooting in RAW, you still have the RAW file and you can convert from there. Mm-hmm. Uh, my other answer to the question is, if you're wondering afterward, I use Lightroom to do my black and white conversions. And I think it's the V key on the keyboard. You just hit the V key and it turns to black and white. And you just go, oh, that looked interesting and try it and go back. So mm-hmm. sometimes when I'm stuck on an image and I'm like, oh, it's just too busy, too much going on. I just quickly hit the V key and it goes into black and white. And I say, oh, that's kind of cool. And then go from there. Yeah. How about you? Um, yeah, I shoot raw. And but I, I usually know, uh, I would say about 90 percent of the time, if it's going to be a black and white or color shot. Um, and probably because I used to make the decision when I put the roll of film in the camera, <laughs> right, and, right. you know, when I was shooting film. But um I think you need to well you need to put more intent in your in your photography and those are the things you need to know. It's just like you need to know why you're composing a certain way or why you're using this this aperture and not another one. I mean those are decisions you make beforehand and that's part of that's part of the art, really. And that's part of the fun. It's to make all those decisions. And uh I prefer black and white for street photography, uh for its timeless quality but also because it's often saves the shot if the color is is too busy or too bright and distracts from the subject then removing the color will bring your attention back to the subject and i I show that in some in my presentation where you know you have a color shot and then the black and white shot and then and how by removing the color of the stop sign or the the blue arrow sign then your eye goes directly to the subject and um and that's a good that's a good way to do it sometimes if you have a crowd um color will be very distracting because you know obviously you'll have people unless they're all french and they're all wearing black uh, <laughs> like me uh they'll be wearing a bunch of different colors so your eye will be drawn to the color and uh, you remove that color and you'll go right to the expressions and and that is something people can practice when i do critique sometimes i say okay convert that into black and white and see the difference and people are just blown away how wow yeah you're right now i look I see the expressions, but sometimes the shot, sometimes it's all about the color and it's the color is part of the story. Then then you don't want to remove it. And so I'm I'm not all black and white or all color. And some photographers are it to me. It, it all, the subject will dictate um, the choice. Right. I remember Jay Maisel talking about that and saying that when he was first started to shoot color film, that he said it took over a year for him to figure out how to shoot color because it was so different. Mm-hmm. He was used to always looking for the patterns and the shapes. And he said, when you're shooting color, it's not like it's just 
adding color, like it's not a big deal. It's like a completely different way of seeing photography and seeing the world. And when you're shooting color, you're shoot, you're the subject is the color. And yeah. so you have to go for that. Yeah. But like, I mean, in nature, you remove color. I, I used to shoot a lot of uh, Uh, macro photography uh, flowers for example you remove the color then I mean the shapes become you know so much more um, obvious and and flowers are beautiful in black and white same in architecture you remove the blue sky you remove you know the 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 color on the building and it's all about the shapes right Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. But, but like we said, you're kind of looking for that ahead of time that if you yeah. are shooting like underneath the L tracks, it's all about the patterns. There's yeah. no need to have any color there. Just let it emphasize those patterns and shapes. Yeah. yeah, for sure. So, yeah. So I think it kind of applies to every type of, of photography. It all, you know, depends on what story you want to tell. And, um, and, and now obviously we can keep our options open. So it's really makes that learning curve easily, e easier. Right. And, you know, the last thing I'll say, and I think this has to do with all post-processing, is that if you have your image and it's already taken and you're back on your computer and you're wondering, should I turn it into black and white? If you think, ooh, that looks much better in black and white, then you should look at that photo and ask yourself, why is that better in black and mm -hmm. white? And then the next time you're out shooting, put it in black and white and, and intentionally do it. So I think that the post-processing can be a very good way to learn. Yeah. For sure. And uh, and again, yes, if you're new to black and white, turn your LCD to black and white. Um, and that will teach you how to, to see in grayscale and, and see all the, the difference in contrast and everything. It's a good yeah. point. Mm -hmm. I love it. Yeah, I like my function set. So it's like one button turns everything black and white and one button goes back to colors. So what you are can you figure out. What are you shooting these days? Oh, so when I said that, I shouldn't have said that. So that was <laughs> that was what I would do on my Olympus, but I just started shooting with the Fuji X-T1. So, ah. um, so I got to figure out how to set that up on there too. But yeah, I have an X-T1 and yeah, we'll talk more about that later maybe. Okay, or, but you still shoot now? with your DSLR for some of your shots? Um, I much. may have sold all of my Canon ah, stuff. Uh, really? Oh boy, yes. that's I may new. need to buy it back. I don't know. I'm told <laughs> I'm like a free agent right now. I have no idea. Yes, we'll see. It's cheap to buy it back if oh. you need to, because there's plenty of it on the on the used market that's now. True. But um, oh, you should be all set with uh, the XT1. It's a great camera. I know a lot of people. That's all they shoot with. You know, when the wildlife or uh, nature or landscape you know i yeah. mean karen hutton shoots pretty much exclusively with that camera now right there's a lot of people yeah mm -hmm. alaya locardi um, yeah yeah and uh, i don't there's a lot of people yeah exactly yeah. yeah no and i do love it for uh for shooting the architecture and that and i won't go too much into it but yeah okay. i do love it cool okay well i think that answered the questions uh now it's time to announce the winners and uh Sorry, Chris, you didn't get to pick one this time because I had no, promised. You don't want me to pick. <laughs> <laughs> I had promised Marius Vias last time that since he was um, saving two of his amazing fine art photography magazines, Neo Prime, um, for the winners, that he would get to pick uh, one of the winners for sure. And I picked the other winner uh, as soon as the contest was over. So who won? And so, okay, first of all, I did receive my copy of Neo Prime mag magazine. It's the first, it's the first issue. Um, and it is beautiful. Last time we we're recording with Marius, I had not received my copy yet, but it is one of those 
coffee table magazines. You know, it's one that you're going to put on your shelves and collect. So it, it is really a, an amazing first uh, first issue, and I'm sure there'll be many more. And uh, it sold out, but M Marius saved two, and they will be sent to, uh, okay, Marius picked a photograph shot in Las Vegas by Keith Johnson. And when he announced the winner, he also um, said, I quote, the photo sucks you in just like the city of sin Las Vegas with all its gambling and partying. And it's a very colorful shot. We'll put it on the show notes. So congratulations to Keith. And mine was a photograph by, and I'm probably going to murder that name, uh, Gigan Sadana. And it's a photograph of a woman walking on a sidewalk shot from the other side of a window and there is a serious downpour i don't know where that was shot but it was raining hard and the filter created by the glass and the rain is just amazing the colors are beautiful i just love that shot um they were i there were three other shots that are way on top for me so but i we only had two he only has two magazines left we could only have two winners so uh again congratulations to to both and um And uh, please try again, because there were some really, really cool shots in there. And uh, but we had to uh, only pick two. So the next treat challenge, and I'm not sure we've done this one yet, but eventually we're going to have to to do old challenges again, um, is to incorporate the human element in the urban landscape. And that we just touched on that a little bit and uh, kind of picked that because I was thinking of Chris and his Thank and his, uh, his cityscapes. And uh, and I do a lot of that too. And that's that's something I think works really well with modern architecture. But you can do it with, with you know, old architecture. It works well with symmetry, right? Mm -hmm. I yeah. think. And that's when the first element that draws your eye that no, the, the, the reason why you pick the location is because of the architectural landscape. But now you have to include the human element. And again, it's all about finding the right person. If it's a silhouette, you know, having some separation and no, no, um, nothing in front of the silhouette or behind the silhouette that would that would distract from from the shape of the body uh if it's uh if it's not a silhouette same thing you need to the the human element even though will be very small in this this urban landscape it will become the focal point so it's you know the right stepping um is is important so the you know There are a lot of things you can do. I will put some samples on the show note. Chris, is that something you're drawn to when you sh when you want to incorporate people in uh, in your shots? Oh, absolutely. I mean, sometimes you get this shot and you're like, it's it's pretty cool. But then people are walking by and you're like, okay, I'm waiting for them to go by. And they're like, wait a minute, that actually makes the shot. Mm -hmm. You know, it just adds so much life to it. So, yeah. oh, absolutely. And it's not necessarily just one person. I, I kind of like to isolate one subject because I think it's, I don't know. Mm -hmm. it, I think it looks nice. It's 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 difficult i mean like two people will be it will be more difficult but it works well if they're for example holding hands or you know things like that so look for things that will or somebody with an umbrella or um uh the lone bicyclist and then um so think of of leading lines think think of symmetry um What else could we uh, suggest? Um, hard, contrasty scenes. 
Yeah, no, and I love your idea. It works really well with the modern architecture. A lot of the modern stuff, it doesn't have as many details. So it gives you more of that minimal background and yep. the person pops off a bit more. So, so what I, what I want to see, I want to be wowed by the, <laughs> by the architecture. But I want, to, I want my eye to go straight to the human element, even if it's tiny. So that's the whole point of the exercise. I love it. Can I enter? Yes, please do. All right. And because uh, you won't get to pick the winner for the next time, so it's <laughs> fine. And uh, the deadline will be January 7th. So you'll enter um, in the show note for this episode. And I can't even think of the number it's going to be. <laughs> We must be at 66 or something. Um, and the deadline is January 7th. Great. Perfect. And now we're at the picks of the week. What, uh, what do you have that's photography related? All right. So we talked about this ahead of time. We have something very similar. But uh, <laughs> oh, <well. laughs> the, one, the one I wanted to say, and I actually don't own this. I tried it at Photo Plus, is the new Fuji 35mm F2. They have the 35mm 1.4, and I've used that, and it's wonderful, and it's 1.4, but it is kind of slow to focus, and it's really big. Uh, yeah. The F2 is tiny. It is uh, really fast-focusing. It's weather-sealed, so if you want to go do those shots out in the rain, you feel a lot better about it. So I went and shot all over the, the expo floor, which is really all I did, but I shot it a lot, and the, the, the shots were wonderful, and it just felt perfect on the X-T1. So that is my next purchase, and uh, that's a Fuji 35 millimeter f2 so that would be 50 equivalent right yes exactly and i kind of feel like i know you feel too that that's a little tight that yeah. to go for like a, a 35 equivalent is is better and that's what i used to always shoot on my olympus i had the 17 millimeter and i love that lens uh, and that was like 34 i guess because you know a times two factor but uh, but i did love this 35 f2 that's like a 50 mm -hmm. okay yeah that's um I've seen it and I have the other one and I that's the one I have on my on my XT1 actually but yeah I keep <laughs> it's just too tight for me I I'm I'm a wider shooter and for that reason my pick of the week and that's totally a coincidence and I don't want this to be a Fuji show but hey we happen okay to both <laughs> to both shoot Fuji and I know a lot of street photographers do um for me it's actually something that I just uh received a couple weeks ago for my X100T and it's the white conversion lens. So I'm going the opposite. Um, so the, the X100T or S um, is 23 millimeter, which is 35 equivalent. And with this extension, I'm at about 18 or something. I'm thinking I think okay. 18 or 19. So I don't Don't ask me what equivalence that is. Um, that's just <laughs> probably 23 or so I get like about 20% more in my, you know, in my field of view basically um, than I did before without that extension. And the thing is, because I can't remove the lens on the X100 right. camera, uh, it screws on the front of it. So it removes all risk of putting dust on your sensors, which I totally love. You nice. know? And and it's amazing. It is amazing. I thought, well, something you put in front of your lens can't be that great. But I'm totally blown away for two reasons. The quality is stunning, as if I was using just a, a, a new prime lens on that camera. And it has no distortion, which totally I, I, I don't even know how that works. But I think it's magic. 
because I'm sure it's physics, but well, I don't know. You should know, but (laughs) (laughs) well, how come I have distortion with the 23, but I screw one that's wider on in front of it and I have no distortion? That's what I want to know. Oh, you mean you have it just when it's bare by itself? But I have a little distortion at the 23 with the X100T, but once I put this wide converter in front of it, I don't have distortion. That's, it is magic then. So I don't know. Very if cool. somebody knows how that works, please put put the answer in the show notes because <laughs> in the comments section, because I don't know how that can be. So uh, so when do you use that? When would you be like, okay, I got to go just a little wider? What kind of situations? Oh, on the streets, because I the closer I, I get, the, the, the better. And, uh, and also if I want to shoot, you know... Um, cities and cityscapes that's that's even better i practiced i i tried it inside of a building recently where there are some columns and i was shooting um uh silhouettes and and those columns are straight i didn't change anything i mean people even ask me on social media I mean, did you did you do anything i said no that's out of the camera and there's absolutely no distortion just like the 16 millimeter lens on the X-T1, which is a fabulous lens, but it's so big. This is not very big. You know, I mean, it makes, of course, the X-100 camera a little bit longer uh, because it screws to the front of it. But um, it's, you know, not, well, not how, that big. How long is it? Maybe well, I don't inch? know. It's well, No, it's about two inches. Here. It's about two inches. Two inches. Okay. Yeah. Um, so it, it does make it uh, a little bit, you know bigger but wow i'm just i'm really impressed by the quality and i know well what what uh intrigued me is when i recently had kevin mullins the wedding photographer Mm -hmm. in the uk um on the show and that's the lens he has permanently on his x100t for weddings and for documentary style wedding photography so I, I love his work. So that's what prompted me to try it. And it's pretty awesome. So there. And I think it's, I, do, I saw it for like 250 recently. So there must be some specials going on. Uh, but I think it's normally around $350. So. All right. Well, now I'm selling my X-T1 and getting a 100T. So yes, <laughs> <laughs> that sounds awesome. It is pretty cool. And they also have a, a teleconverter, which I haven't tried yet. But right. um, I expect it, the same yeah. quality out of it. Yeah. So. Yeah. So there, today was a Fuji, Fuji uh, picks all the way. That's all right. That's a good thing. (laughs) (laughs) So, well, we had the end of the show already. So Chris, what, uh, what do you have for announcements? Uh, announcements? Oh, it's all the things I already said. I know. I don't know. Yeah, That's all right. Come to, you <laughs> come to Chicago. Yeah, and come to New York. And uh, yeah, they're both going to be wonderful. And Valerie's going to be at both of them and all sorts of other street photographers. And it's wonderful because not only are you in class learning from these people, but then they go out on the street and they take you to shoot. And it's just a wonderful time. And yeah. everyone's great. So And yeah. it's a good way to uh, to make new friends and um, hang yeah. out. And, uh, and again, lots of energy. And and, uh, and not one of those huge conferences, and right. that's what I like about it because right. you and actually if, get to 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 talk with people and meet with people and socialize. That's great. That's right. And you just go to outofchicago.com, and all the information's there for all awesome. of it. Awesome, awesome. And uh, people can see some of your work on there too. Oh, I try and hide it, but yes, they can find it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Or if you just yeah, I don't know. Like on Flickr, Chris Smith. I mean, it'll come up. I, most of my stuff's on Flickr, okay. but yeah. Oh, that's for right. Sure. And uh, for me, I'm finally on Instagram. Yay! Hey, congratulations. <laughs> I know. I just uh, 
started. Well, I had an account actually. I didn't even know. Uh, oh. But I had. It's like it wasn't even open to the public. Uh, I had nothing on it. But uh, so at Valérie Jardin, my name, easy to find, and it's kind of fun. It's only been a couple of days. I still have to uh, to learn the whole instagram etiquette and what to do and what not to do and but um it's been actually uh, a fun experience so far so uh find me there yeah and uh, yeah so you're you're on there too i assume i am I mean, I'm yes. probably the only person who wasn't on it yeah i think i have like um five pictures on it or something but yes uh, <laughs> yeah, oh, i, I, I have it. more than you in just two days okay Yay. you're winning <laughs> Uh, and other than that, uh, last chance for a spot in Paris in January for a weekend uh, of street photography where it was born. And it's an awesome weekend. And I think it's even more important than ever to be in Paris now to capture its beauty and and uh, its people. And uh, and and, you know, after the, the traumatic event events um, a month ago, you know, it's um Paris is Paris and yeah. uh, and it's alive and it's well and uh, people are out there enjoying the cafes and that's what I love about Paris in January even though it's winter people are outside um, eating no, no dinners tourists, and uh, not, well not like, much fewer tourists yes much more authentic I really really love it and uh, and yeah the heat lamps are out and everybody's still outside and it's just wonderful so yeah. uh, I think there is uh, there are two spots left and also uh, we can run in April, a couple spots left there. And I opened the weekend in Vancouver. I announced it the last show that I was going to open it, and it actually is open. It's in August and it's over half filled. So, Vancouver, gonna be my first time there. I'm excited. I have a, a local guide with us on the on the tour, and uh, it's going to be uh it's gonna be fun. I had one of the cities that I've always wanted to 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 check out so i'm actually going to go there to do some scouting in march but the the workshop will be in august so you're so good you have everything figured out you have it all planned for everyone i love it so yeah you're going out ahead of time oh it's perfect. yeah kind of making a spring break uh visit with the kids actually it's That's kind good. of a, like oh why don't we go to vancouver you know and then we'll go to seattle too because i'm probably going to do seattle in a year Ooh. or two so um yeah it's always like uh, they know that <laughs> When we pick a location to go on our on our trips, there's usually an ulterior motive, but they're okay with it because they like big cities and they like they don't like. I mean, I guess they've never really done the beach vacation thing. I would be bored to death, you know, yeah, to go street sp- photography. You know, it, we're we're a city. We like culture and you know going to museums and things like that. So that's usually our our family vacation. Are usually in in big cities um when we have even just a weekend we like to see uh big cities so um they've been to like 10 different countries in in europe and um and now when we have spring break if if they both have the same spring break then we have a week otherwise we go for a long weekend and we've done new york washington dc san francisco and um and it's great seriously i don't i don't think they if i said oh let's just go to you know Florida Mexico. and you know, Mexico and yeah, so yeah, let's go to Mexico City, but I don't want to go to well, Cancun. You know, <laughs> they wouldn't want to go to the beach. They they wouldn't even know what to do. So that's kind of the the type of uh, a trips we of trips we make, which is great for me because uh, 
you know, then I check. You all can get your research in, yeah, exactly. and make the workshops even better for people. I love it. That's right. So great. Well, Chris, this has been really, really fun. So once again, out of Chicago.com. Yep. That's, That's the place. It. And registration is open. You know, it's like the pre-sale is open right now. Okay. And in uh, at the very first week of January, we'll have it open where you'll choose all your classes. So you want to get in soon so that when Valerie's class is open, that uh, you get to sign up for it and get on her photo walks. Great. Sounds good. And then New York will probably open this spring. Yep, exactly. Yep. Okay. Sometime around March or April and uh, we'll get rolling on that. So Great. super exciting. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Chris. And uh, I'll you. see you. I'll see you in Chicago in June. I can't wait. Awesome. Thank you, Valerie. Thanks. And we are at the end of another episode of Street Focus. Please head over to thisweekinphoto.com slash street to subscribe to the show so you don't miss an episode. And please upload your image for the new street challenge, which is the human element in the urban landscape. And entries will close on January 7th. And if you enjoy the show, don't forget to leave an, um, a rating on iTunes and uh, a comment if you have a minute. My name is Valérie Jardin, and you've been listening to Street Focus. Now it's time to grab your camera and hit the streets. Hey.